Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Parenting Autism. Hello. Hey, honey, how are you? Perfect. Good. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> hey, I thought today we would do a podcast. It's going to be a shorter one than we normally do, but we would do something about the symptoms of autism spectrum disorder. Yes. You had said something to me earlier this week when, I don't know, we were having a conversation about something, and I had a little bit of an emotional week. Um, it's a roller coaster ride, and sometimes I feel up and sometimes I feel down. And there was a day that I felt a little emotionally sad. And uh, I just, it really stuck out with me that you talked about being autism advocates. Ambassadors. Thank you. You're welcome. That's really the word I was looking for. I feel like we're advocates also for Bryce, but ambassadors is the word that you said that was really sticking in my mind. And I've repeated it back to you a few times, and obviously I couldn't remember it at this moment. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're supposed to be ambassadors for autism, not just for Bryce, but for this entire community of beautiful people that we've met that walk on the same similar path but i know that there are a lot of our friends and people that we meet that don't really understand what autism is so right and they listen to the show and they will listen to the show and they've asked us questions like how did you know and what did you look for and you know and i i have had people that say or I've heard them say, um, you know, that their child lost their diagnosis or their child grew out of whatever they may have once had diagnosed as autism. And, you know, it can get very complicated and confusing. And you and I were even talking earlier today when we were talking about the idea of doing this as a podcast. It's not so simple as other diagnosis where you can take a blood test and then the results come back and there's a concrete evidence that, you have whatever that may be. Right. That's not how you get diagnosed with autism. It's really based on observations of behaviors. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle to even get an accurate diagnosis because if it's not consistent, there may be days that your child or even, you know, whoever um, is showing some symptoms and then other days may not be as much uh, but we're going to talk about Bryce's case because I can't talk about everybody else. I just know that it's awareness that we're trying to create and help people understand why we know that Bryce has autism. <laughs> so on right? that note, we're going to start with like, uh, the what do we call them? Well, there's, there's five symptoms. Symptoms. There yeah. We go. I, you know, I'd come across this one article and it was listing out the five symptoms and I'm like, yes, 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 yes. You know, so, yeah. uh, you know, we'll go with number one and number one is social deficits. So why do you think that Bryce exhibits social de- deficits that would put him with the diagnosis right. of autism? Okay. So... Uh, social deficits we've seen in Bryce have been what they call uh, parallel play or independent play, where he will play by himself or alongside of other children, but not interact with them. So um, still kind of playing by himself, but maybe doing a similar activity as the other kids, but not paying any attention to them, even if they talk to him. So that would be one social thing. Yeah, and I think he's improving in that area. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was 
when he was originally diagnosed, it was that bad. It was really bad. Yeah, it so, was. It was a severe case of being socially. Another one would deficit. be the eye contact. Yeah. So that has to do with social. Um, and so early on, he had like he couldn't even look at us. Um, so we knew there was an issue there when your own child can't look you in the eye. Uh, for whatever reason, or look at anybody when they're talking to them, you know that's a clue that something might be wrong. Yeah, and in in our situation, it wasn't always that way. So Bryce started, it, well, the, you know, we've learned the term is regression, but he started stop, he stopped looking into our eyes more and withdrawing more. And mm-hmm. not just us, but everyone. But I have noticed, is there improvement there? Uh, yeah, I'd say there's improvement but there's still a long way to go on that. Yeah. I think it's hard for him to look you in the eye. I do believe that it's not, be, you know, and that's something like people need to understand if they're trying to have a conversation with him, he's not ignoring you. Right. But he may be that looking be off perception. to the side yeah. because he's concentrating on what you're saying. And if he's looking at you, I don't think he can, he can fully concentrate what you're saying. So he's going to look kind of beyond you. But he's still listening to you. And we were talking earlier today that I felt that Bryce, I don't want to say has a one-track mind, but he's not able to multitask like most of us can. Like listen to a conversation and involve themselves in a conversation while doing something else. But it's, like the example you gave this morning while you guys were getting ready for yeah. church. Well, yeah, I, I was asking him if he would like to go to the Space Center tomorrow, and he didn't answer me. And it was it was like a few seconds later that I realized that he was heavily involved to listening to a Mickey Mouse episode, and he was kind of playing along in his mind about the episode so whatever i said to him just didn't even register like i wasn't even there yeah yeah that's true i I think one thing with the social deficit that may be a miscue for understanding bryce that he does have autism even though he is very friendly and because there's a big perception that uh autism people who have autism don't uh I guess I don't want to say that they're not friendly, but they don't interact at all. Where Bryce will definitely try to enter, he'll give hugs. You know, he doesn't mind yeah. touching. And this is we have to generalize these things because the the saying is, if you know one person right. with autism, you know one person with autism. So everybody's not going to be like Bryce and have our experience. No, and, that, and that's why it's called a spectrum because it can be from very yeah. mild to very severe. Uh, I would say Bryce falls somewhere in the middle. He's mm-hmm. not severe. Even though he was diagnosed as mild when this all first happened, I don't think that he's mild no. <laughs> because we just don't have enough. No, he's just not no, mild. He's, he's, he's in the middle. Yeah. He's just there in the middle, and he and he's making his pace, and he's moving along, and we see little things every day. And but, we're doing the best we can. Yeah, and we're doing the best we can. But it's definitely he's got social deficits, and so that is still a box that is checked that, yes, Bryce qualifies for autism for that um the next symptom uh is communication difficulties again checking that box but yeah he is uh he's about two years behind in language so putting him next to a neurotypical five-year-old you would notice a big difference um so he can't 
always tell us what's going on in his head. He he just he's just not there. I mean, he we've seen improvements since we put him on the gluten-free casein-free diet where he's saying more sentences and new he's saying words, new, new things that um, we haven't heard him so say before. So we're happy about that. Um but he it's just uh, he's still way behind but we're very thankful for that blessing that we're seeing and we're encouraged by that Um, once again big spectrum from mild to severe severe being they're not able to use their voice at all all, to communicate Uh, mild being that they can have a conversation but it's just difficult for them to initiate conversations or sustain a conversation unless it's on a topic that they love in bryce's case he will use language but a lot of it is repetitive, like he's repeating what you're saying, mm-hmm. or he's repeating something that he's heard someone else say or a video. Or I right. mean, he does that a lot. That is a lot of what his and we com- know that conversations when he are. answers us with the same question, or he starts repeating a video that he's seen that. That means he probably didn't understand the question that we asked him or doesn't know how to answer it in his own words. So he picks either repeating the question back to us. You can kind of tell. Uh, or if he starts, if you ask him something and he just doesn't want to have a conversation with you. <laughs> he'll just repeat something Then he'll else. just go off on his own little yeah. thing that he wants to say. Yeah, and it's the like, little yeah, piggy I went don't into care. space. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I don't <laughs> care what you're talking about. I'm going to talk about my piggy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Whatever his okay. favorite thing is right yeah. then. So, again, Bryce is there in the middle. We get to hear his cute little sweet voice a lot all day long but it is sometimes in conversations and words that we have no clue what he's talking about or if we're familiar with the video where he's picked it up from we'll have an idea but he can tell us his basic needs we are extremely grateful for that and he has Mm -hmm. no problem for the most part telling us what he needs um, have, if he needs help, he's able to communicate more to us if he has an injury or if he's scared. He's starting to ask why questions. He definitely asks where people are. So lots of good things. Is um, Are routines on your list? Routines or is re- next. That's repetitive okay. behaviors. Yeah, yes. yeah that's uh, so, either repetitive behavior or a strict routine, I would say. Uh, but his repetitive behaviors are the flapping. That can be repetitive behavior. Um, what else does he have that's repetitive? Well, I mean, I mean, so we're we're going now to the next symptom, which is repetitive behaviors. And I think yes, his flapping can be repetitive, but I think his obsession with the doors. Um, having mm-hmm. to open and close a door a lot. Yeah. He has to watch it close. If an elevator opens, he needs to watch it yeah. close. And I would um, I would classify that as repetitive and unusual. Yes. Um, so yeah, he does do that. And he doesn't do the lining up of toys. No, he's never done some kids really do that, that, but he hasn't done that. He has not done that, uh, but definitely. He can get stuck on things, and that would fall into the routine. We were sharing with a friend yesterday, and we said, you know, he does, he's not rigid from the time we get up to the time we go to bed, and that's a blessing, and we are grateful for that. But if he has a area of the day that he is most rigid, you know, it, is the it would morning be morning. And sometimes at night because 
he has to read his book. Yes, which that's we want. true. That's we true. That's true. We have book. put that into place. And he always has to go run and get a drink of water. <laughs> he has built in his own. You know, he he's kind of created his own routine at yeah. night. So but it's. I'd, I'd say the morning is more. You know, you gotta be in line with what's well, going on. It can't go out of sequence, right? I mean, the reality is he's not going to go take a shower or brush his teeth unless he's had his grapefruit yet, right? And, and then he's he, not going to take a shower without brushing his teeth. So right. it's it's all he in has the a line. sequence. Yeah. He knows how it needs to go. The mic, the particular yeah. video is still a requirement to get through the After morning. After he gets out of the shower, he wants you to dress him. I, that's right. So you, you're you're done, and it's yeah. on to me. And it's <laughs> like tag turn. team. Yeah, it's like we're running a relay, and you pass the baton. There yeah. we go. Yeah. And yeah, because he's ready for a snuggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I mean, we definitely have a routine. But you know what? It gets us through the morning without any grief. So it does. So I'm we, grateful we've for let it, a couple of those slide. and it's and it's not a bad routine. It's not. It's we used to have worse. Yeah, I mean, it used to be every single little. There must have been at least, and I'm not exaggerating, forty to fifty steps in yeah. the morning routine that had to go exactly the way he wanted. And that was before more of his language came. Yes. Yeah. So we are grateful that it's a smooth routine. It's an easy routine. And it keeps everyone happy and moving in the morning and then the night. But um, that, that definitely falls under repetitive behaviors. Again, check that box for Bryce because it's it's there and he needs that. But thankfully, he's not so rigid that... If something goes off course, that is going to totally throw him. Um, so we're grateful for that. And then we try to keep him introduced to different things and doing different things for that reason. Because if he gets too structured and too routine, then it'll be hard to introduce new things to him. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't have any structure or any routine, then it's not good for anyone. Because I think every child, typical you know, or autistic children, they would crave some type of routine and it's good for everybody. I think humans, adults, you know, mm-hmm. if we don't have routine, it can just kind of lead to wild, crazy disaster. So anyway, so the next one would be uh, sensory difficulties. Mm, okay. And I would say with Bright, you go ahead, babe, what do well, you think? Well, we've been pretty fortunate in yes. that department. Um I think when he first started taking showers, he had a sensory thing of the water hitting him, but he quickly got past that uh, from when we migrated from a bath to a shower. But I want to migrate him back to a bath because we know that Epsom salts are good for him to um, remove. It helps remove toxins from the body. So uh, we want to try to work him into that routine. Well, you worked uh, him into that yesterday. With he's all about seaplanes and submarines right now. So I was like, oh, yeah. well, let's put his sub, his seaplane in the tub. <laughs> and if and that we worked. go back to routine, then he got out of the bath, and then he then wanted to take a shower with me. <laughs> so there so he goes. He has. He to still have had the to shower. have the shower. So we gotta we're working through that now. But uh, other sensory things were uh, we live close to the beach, so we would go to the beach, and the sand on his feet. Uh, was a big no-no. I felt like we got past that. And I think now when he gets sand on him, on his legs or feet, 
I've seen him itch, so I think it's itchy to him, uh, and he wants it off of him. So we don't. He scratches it off. Yeah, it's like almost like irritating. Mm -hmm. You know, it it bugs me too. So I get it. Right. So we wash it off, and um, so we don't go to the beach much for that reason. He did love the ocean at one point, um, but uh, yeah, I think right now the. The feeling of the sand outweighs the joy of the water. Yeah. Just right now, but that could change right. again. Exactly. And we, so, we're not pushing it. Uh, other sensory things would include loud noises like clapping, unexpected uh, one, buzzers or dings or bells, um, people singing spontaneously. Um, those types of things catch him off guard. And I, I would say that's one of the big things that we're dealing with right now. I would say um, hearing, to me, I would say hearing is probably yeah. the primary he sensory issue. He went through issue. a small uh, stage earlier this year with the sunlight, yeah. where going outside, he That's said true. it was too bright, and he had to have sunglasses on. But that only lasted about a month, month and a half, yeah. and and that kind of went by the wayside. But. Yeah, and I feel like the the noise the loud noises is hard to predict even for us so you know you and i were talking yesterday let's just keep the headphones in the truck instead of in the house so if we go someplace and then we realize oh maybe we should have those for him to give him the option so like last night it was a big milestone but they had a movie at church um, for an appreciation for us you know the dream team that serves at the church so we went. There were still a lot of people there. Um, I would say easily over a hundred or so. Um, and so Bryce was a little hesitant because he was like, he even said, "There's a lot of people," and I'm like, "There is," mm-hmm. um, but you'll be okay. He did not want to walk through the doors because he associates like stadium seating with clapping. Mm-hmm. He anticipates that people will clap if he enters a room that has stadium style seating or any kind of seats. And uh, for the first time, he even said to us, it's too loud at all villages, which is where he went to school and had his programs. But he never said before how much that really bothered him. He just learned to cover his ears and he tolerated it. Now he's able but to now he's afraid that this is going to take place at other places and he's not up there performing. So the church was awesome. Uh, Our pastor last night was just like, well, why don't you take him up like in through a back entrance? and then the second level. So we could go up to the second level and sit in the back. And that really worked well. And it it relieved his anxiety, I could tell. He still didn't want to sit He didn't want to sit near everybody. He wanted to go to a a section that was empty, but we put him in the corner so we could be still part of the group. And he did well. He asked to leave a few times, but you kept telling him it'll be 10 more minutes. And then I did. And then he actually got it was Toy Story 3. Yeah. So it was enough that it kept his attention enough. I mean, there were certain scenes that he was totally engaged, like when the the fire and the incinerator incinerator, and then they got rescued and he thought all that was like really cool and then yeah when the garbage truck was coming and so there were certain things that would catch his interest um but i was happy that we made it through the whole thing and he we did take the earphones um and he didn't want them the whole time and that's what i also thought was great Mm -hmm. when he didn't feel he needed them he took them off right and then he was really nervous the whole time he kept saying people were going to clap so i said no they're not going to clap till the end and we'll leave before they clap so we got up when we knew it was over before the credits rolled and we did get him out before they started clapping so um i think we left the theater as they were 
like we clapping. were away yeah. so right and it was, was like okay. a faint clap and he yeah. he didn't even react to that yeah. which was fantastic so yeah that that's the one thing that i'm i would say he has mild you know because they say mild to severe mm-hmm. that's probably the one box is still checked but it's mild because it's really thankfully only with hearing that we deal with it the most and you know all in all that's probably been of the four symptoms the one we've struggled with the least yeah thankfully food sensitivities right. are not an issue for us yes and that is a big sensory so for he a likes lot crunchy of foods he likes soft foods so yeah texture does not seem to deter yeah. him from eating foods that's, and, that's and we're continuing to expand that so yeah. we're very blessed in that department extremely grateful and uh, the, the last symptom that they listed was unusual abilities but Bryce really doesn't. I think that's more like the savant skills that like on the good doctor or someone that can play an instrument and they've never even taken a lesson. They just have, yeah. you know, um, perfect pitch talents and that sort of thing. Bryce has a, a, an incredible memory mm-hmm. and that's going to serve him very, very well. Uh, I don't know what all is going to happen in life. But um, anyway, that that's pretty much our boy. And that's why he is diagnosed with autism Mm -hmm. and those are the symptoms that he currently displays and that's why he still has that diagnosis and still um you know has a lot of needs that we're working with him our you know our neurologist you know going back to that when he was first diagnosed he within the i would say the first 60 seconds that he saw bryce in the room after he came in he knew that he was on the spectrum he did because uh, he saw the flapping and he noticed that bryce wouldn't look at him uh, when he addressed him and I, those were two biggies i think that he noticed right off the bat he did and i had recorded some things and showed him as well and as soon as he saw the yeah. recordings he was like, and yeah. then he's like i'm sorry so and we're like okay it's, <laughs> it's all okay right. it's he's okay. alive that's the main thing yeah uh, but i think over the next months after that, we noticed uh, more things like somebody asked us if he was pointing at objects and he wouldn't. He nope. was not pointing at airplanes or anything that interested him. He would just not point. I have to um, laugh a little bit because they really worked with him in therapy for pointing. So yeah. when he first started pointing, he would point his with his finger. middle finger yeah. so he was pointing at everything with his middle finger but i'm happy to report that now he uses his pointer and middle you get two <laughs> fingers but at least he added the other one yes. so he's not flipping birds all the time and we're right. really grateful for that yeah. so is there any other uh things that those, he those? had that you can think of um, oh from the symptom wise yeah i mean the, the flapping and the withdrawal and the anxiety was the biggest thing for me yeah the anxiety for yeah. sure and it heightened to yeah. extreme levels mm-hmm. so they don't have that on here as a symptom yeah. per se but there's no doubt that this all triggers into that and that's a big part of his autism and we know we a lot with. of kids have trouble sleeping at night so fortunately bryce does not have no. that issue i mean he tosses and turns but he is asleep and he, he, he gets enough sleep he doesn't have a nap in the afternoon and he does sleep through the night so we're very thankful for that but there are other uh symptoms out there that kids may have that are on the spectrum that we haven't gone over here but the ones that we went over i believe are the most common ones um that people experience yeah again i just did a google search to say what are the most common symptoms mm-hmm. that's what i grabbed from and i'm like oh, let's just say how they apply to bryce yeah, and yeah that's that's how they've applied to to our world so anyway that's the update kind of where we're at and yep. um on that note 
we're going to wrap it up yeah, here. We hope this helps somebody out there in autism land. We hope it helps other people that don't even live in autism land to understand how we know yeah. that our boy has it and, and why we are living in the land. Yeah, and Does again, there's sense? no blood tests they can do, not right now anyway. You know, some genetic testing will show some things, but uh, really the main thing is observation and yep. uh, trying to have conversations or do an IQ test, that type of thing. Uh, with the person but it's it's mainly observation and the things are obvious once you observe the child normally they're obvious yeah let's just say if you spent one full day with bryce you would have no doubt (laughs) yeah you might spend an hour and wonder one full day you are a believer yep it's like hey i'm a believer now what did i sign up for (laughs) it's all good All right. Thanks for listening to episode 19, and we'll catch you guys next time. If you feel led, leave us a review. We love those, and we'll mention it on the next podcast. All right. We'll see ya. See ya.